Some guys. <laughs> You're here with Josh Thompson. We're here with, uh, we're going to do another Punk's Pin. Sammy's out of town in Chicago for his wedding anniversary. What is it, two years now? Uh, yeah, I think it's second. Oh, I think it's two years, right? Jeez, right? man, time flew by. That was a cool little uh, memory picture you posted, too, by the way. Yeah. I think I reposted it. Good stuff. Good stuff, man. That was, uh, yeah. Anyways, so we're going to talk a little. We're actually we went live, so what we're going to do is take some fan questions. If you guys have fan questions, go to the YouTube site. Check it out. You guys will be able to ask questions, and I'll answer them as uh, best we can. So hit me up with some questions. And, uh, you know, not really a lot to cover. Everyone saw JDS get starched in like a minute. What do you want me to talk about? Like, there's really not much else to talk about. We can talk about this weekend's fights coming up. There's a lot of them. But, um yeah, I mean, there's there's lots of stuff going on. Lots of stuff going on for this weekend with the UFC. It's basically like UFC International Fight Week, but really it's just UFC Reebok Week is what they call it now. <laughs> like they, they took away all the International Fight Stuff Week, and now you just hang out and just look at Reebok uh, new clothing and gear and other ways they can pitch you their merchandise. So, um um yeah, I guess whatever, man. So not much. you can't really get much of a takeaway from... From what happened on Saturday night with uh, Nganu and JDS, but uh, I really don't know where else JDS goes from here. Realistically, he tries to come back. I mean, he's getting a little bit older. Uh, I, th I think I th I'd like to see him make one more run, but I mean, I think Nganu's going to get this. Uh, he's gonna. I think he's going to end up fighting for the vacant title. I mean. Obviously, I don't think DC's going to fight again after Stipe. I think this will be it. Done deal. I think DC's going to walk away from the sport after this fight. You're going to see him take the gloves off and leave him in the center of the cage. I mean, there obviously, there will be some sort of, like, I think, enticement for him to fight John Jones again at 205. I don't think DC wants to do that fight at 205. He's more, I think, I, I do know that he's more than welcoming to do it at heavyweight. Um, John doesn't sound like he wants to do that. Even Ngano has said, like, hey. Why don't you come up to uh, heavyweight and they'll fight there as well? But that's a fight, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing. Uh, that's another fight I wouldn't mind seeing. So, all in all, let's see if he gets past Santos uh, this weekend. John Jones, there's never been any question about how good or how talented he is. Um, just all the out outside the cage antics and all the other things that go along with it. I'm sure that's an issue and a problem for most people. But, um, you know, for me, like, realistically, like, is. This this the cheating thing. Other than the cheating thing, I don't care if you do cocaine. I don't care if you smoke weed. I don't care if you bang hookers. And I don't care about. I don't care about any of that stuff. Okay, I don't care about that. But when they find things inside your system, I look at that as being a cheater. Like as far, I'm not talking about cocaine and weed and stuff like that. I mean, like those things don't bother me. Like that's your deal, man. Like you want to do that stuff and still go through a training camp and still have great performances. Cool. But when they're fighting picograms or when they're fighting other things, that means that you've used before. So those are things that those are things that bother me. I, everything else, you guys, like if people, I'm sure I'm gonna get a ton of haters talking, but uh, I don't care. I don't care about those other, you know, party drugs, drinking, alcohol, all those. Other, that's on you, man. Those are things that you want to do. You go right ahead. You have at it, right? You're your own man. You do your own thing. You're a grown ass man. You can do what you want. When it comes to the other stuff that uh, that may basically affect your performance in the cage, as far as helping you be get get an advantage. Those are things that I criticize, and those are the things that I get on people about, you know, when it comes to that. So, um, yeah, there's no doubt John Jones is probably the probably one of the most talented guys to ever step foot in the cage, if not the most talented. But he's got his hands full, I think, with Santos, because Santos is just someone who just does not give a fuck, does not care. He'll do anything and throw anything. But that being said, he's also never faced anyone like John Jones. And here's the other thing. John Jones has an effect on people that makes them change the way they fight. We saw with Anthony Smith, same thing. Anthony Smith is going out there starching people, just walking, not really walking through them, but you know what I mean, like putting, putting together some great performances. And then he fights John Jones, and all of a sudden he can't throw a punch. He's like just basically almost like in awe of him, just standing in front of him, not doing anything, just did would not fight to his ability and his potential. And... John, and when somebody like John Jones is that talented, that good, that's what they do to people. They do that to people. And so just them being in the cage, them being having that ability, those things, um, those are the things that affect like how people fight and perform. So I want to see if that has any effect on Santos. Santos seems like someone who just does not care 
who you are or what he's going to do what he does. And I think that's going to throw, I think that's going to throw him off. I think it's going to throw John Jones off a little bit. If he comes out and fights the way that he's been fighting, that may throw John off a little bit. I've always wanted to see the John Jones, Anthony Johnson fight, because that fight to me, it, it reminds me very like um, very similar images of very similar to what Santos is willing to do. Big hands, big power, just throw caution to the wind, let it all hang out. That's an Anthony Johnson kind of fight. Santos has that kind of style. And no one's shown John Jones that level of disrespect in the cage where they're just going to try to mop them all around. Uh, Lyoto Machida kind of did a little bit, but he just he was able to win the first round against him. But then John just was like, you know what? Let me just grab you, get a hold of you, and was able to finish him. But but my point is that when guys don't show him any respect, is he the same fighter? When he's not the bully anymore in the cage because of his height, his reach, his his range, his athleticism, all that stuff. When he's not the bully anymore, does he still perform to that level? That's the thing. He is a guy that's fighting like a man amongst boys kind of thing. Like he's so long, so tall. He figured out Gus the second time they fought around. Since that second time they fought. But I still believe that he lost that first fight against Gus. Just my personal opinion. That's in my opinion. That's not, that doesn't mean that it's, uh, you know, it needs to be taken. That's my opinion. You guys can all make your own judgment. Uh, but I felt like he lost that fight. <clears throat> what's the show called, by the way? What? What's the show called? Punk's opinion. Oh, okay, I was just checking. Why? That's what I said in the very beginning. Because it's your opinion. Oh yes. <laughs> just giving you my opinion. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> Anyways, that's the John Jones fight, <clears throat> and like I said, if Santos is able to bully him around, push him around, do all those things, I think he has a good chance of potentially either catching him or just kind of. Catching them off guard, those kind of things. I, and if you go back and you watch the DC fights, and you go back and you watch how DC fought, and I'm using this as an example because I followed along with that a lot. DC had the most success against him when he was trying to walk him down and put pressure on him and, and able to outstrike him a little bit in different areas. But it caught up to him. Was you know I, I had DC I had DC winning the, the second fight up until the time he got kicked in the head. Not by much. I want to say I had him winning uh, either the first two rounds or... Either the first two rounds or, or someone, I can't remember. It's been so long since that fight happened. But just my opinion, I had DC winning the second fight up until the moment that he got caught. Now, if Santos is able to go ahead and put the, push the pressure, put pressure on him, and not, not allow him to use the range and the reach and the distance and get up in his grill like Anthony Johnson would, basically, and just try to outstrike him, like get up in his grill, not let him really use his distance, his range, and all those things, his push kicks, his little uh, thigh kick and his knees, that's going to make a difference for him. But he's got to be just throwing big punches as the fight goes on. If he's able to catch him early, kind of make him second guess coming in, I think he has a good chance of winning. Um, I've been excited for this fight ever since they announced this fight because this is the fight that I was hoping that, that we see. Because if you actually go back and you watch the second John Jones fight, if Santos catches John Jones with some of the punches that DC caught him with, it could be a different fight, you know, a different night for John Jones getting caught with big flush punches like that uh, at 205. Santos got some big power. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. But I, I'm excited. I actually, like I said, I was really excited for this fight when it was first announced. And I was, ex I was hoping they would announce this fight be right before it got announced. I was like, this is the fight that I wanted to see the most, to be honest. So good stuff, man. Um, th that's going to be, I think, this has this is one of those fights that I think a ton of people are going to be tuning in to watch. I mean, I don't think it's going to be beat record numbers, you know, as far as pay-per-view, but it's going to be a good card because they're actually now starting to follow suit where they're stacking the pay-per-views. And uh, for those of you guys paying for it, um, you guys are getting your money's worth, man. Uh, Amanda Nunez and uh, Holly Holm, this fight here. I think I think if Holly is able to keep the range and the distance, she's a great chance of beating her. The fight I want to see, though, and nothing against Holly, but the fight that I want to see is I want to see Jermaine, uh, Jermaine Deronomy and Amanda Nunes fight. That's the only fight in the women's division. Oh, sorry. Just got done playing soccer. I'm, like, really tired now. That's the fight that I want to see in that, in that division, maybe at 145, because... Uh, uh, Jermaine doesn't want to fight at 35 anymore. But the fact that Holly and her are fighting at 35, good stuff. Um, 
It'd be interesting to see like if Holly can reinvent herself enough to get this win. Uh, using that sidekick a little bit, kind of keeping the range and the distance. She's got to keep her back off the fence because that'll open up the strikes for Amanda. Amanda, if she pushes her back, uh, pushes Holly's back to the fence, she really has nowhere else to go. She can land those clean shots down the pipe, and then it's just going to be, it could be a long night for uh, Holly Holmes if she doesn't, uh, if she doesn't keep her back off that fence. She needs there's that gap. I don't know if you guys at home understand this, but I'm going to explain to you guys. If you, maybe you guys have heard fighters talk about it. There's the there's the black line that makes the octagon, as you can see, is like a double black line that makes the octagon inside the octagon. And there was an actual clip of it right there before Dave took it off, where fighters try to fight like that. You want to try to push your fighter inside that black line if you're going to be a wrestler or a shooter or somebody that tries to get the takedown or someone who wants to control the pace. You never want to really let someone have the center of the cage. What you want to do is you want to try to push them outside that black line so that it makes it easier for you to get in on the double leg or makes it easier for you to put pressure with your striking because they really don't have as much room to back up and circle and get away. So when you guys watch people fight, you should be very, uh, like try to be more um, in detail when you're watching fights. Like watch how like some fighters will push their fighter the person they're fighting outside that black line that helps set up their striking. That also helps push the pace. That also helps dictate where the fight goes. Cause they really can't, they really can't back up two spaces and circle out. So if you throw like a barrage of punches, it makes it harder for them to back out without their back hitting the cage or their foot hitting the cage and circling out and away. I didn't realize. So this very moment, man, people have talked about it. I think, I think Brennan had talked about it a couple of times. Dude, Holly got a nice little rump on her. You know, it's like I didn't even notice until right now. That's so funny. We're watching. We're watching the Ronda Rousey uh, fight with Holly Holm, and uh, yeah, I didn't even notice till this moment. That's funny. Um, <laughs> but dude, but like in the beginning, like you know, Ronda here is pushing her back. She's pushing her to the outside. Looks like she's trying to get in on the clinch. Not able to. Trying to grab the head. Yeah, not able to. But you're trying to push her outside that black line. That now she's able to push her to the fence. Holly's doing some work here, or not Holly, but Ronda's doing some work against the fence. She just wasn't able to get into the full clinch position and uh, get the takedown. Good stuff, though, man. I think with Amanda Nunes, she just needs to make sure that she avoids the big shots right from the beginning. If she can do that, um, as the fight goes on, I think Holly's pace will eventually come around. I don't think Amanda can fight at the pace that Holly fights at for f rounds four and five. Amanda usually knocks people out by then, which is pretty dope, you know, watching when you're watching the girls fight, watching girls get knocked out. So, uh, what's the next fight? Oh, this is the fight Big that fight. everybody wants to see. There's a couple of them, but this is the fight that everyone wants to see. Mazadal and Ben Askren. Does Ben Askren take Mazadal down? I've said this for the longest time. Mazadal's wrestling is extremely underrated. His anti-wrestling, I should say. He's very good at takedown defense. He's got good wrestling as well as good takedowns, but I don't think he's going to try to shoot or try to take uh, Ben Askren down. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me, honestly. Mazadal's like a wild card. He's the guy that he'll fight anywhere, uh, anytime. And, uh, you know, what's it called? Uh, Damian might have had a hard time getting him down right off the bat. Uh, he was able eventually to get him down. But... In that, in that whole scheme of things, I think that that fight, this fight here has the potential of stealing the show just because there's so much stuff talked about around um, Ben Askren. There's so much stuff talked about around him. I mean, he he's a, he's a social uh, media whore, and, and he does a great job promoting his fights. He talks hella shit, and, man, he's just getting his fucking face smashed by Lawler right here in the first 30 seconds. Insane. But, I mean, he's a gamer, dude. He's a guy that you can never question his heart. You can never question, you know, his uh, work ethic. Uh, had opportunity a couple times to train with him and, and, and wrestle with him a little bit. But, I mean, just just a, a funky, and I know it's it's uh, cliche to say that because, you know, his, you know, his funk was funky style of wrestling. But he's just got, he's just, it's just funky. He's just funky. Everything about him is, a, is, a, is really strange. You look at him, you don't think he should be good. You know, you don't look at you look at him. You don't you don't say undefeated fighter. You're like, who is this guy? I mean, that's like those are the things that help sell him. And he has no striking whatsoever. Doesn't even try to strike. He really is just trying to punch his way into the clinch, 
trying to get to the takedown, trying to shoot the double leg. He's trying to do all those things. And so when you have someone like that who's just relentless with the takedown, and I'm going to reference another fight, is with John Fitch and Roy McDonald. John Fitch, and, and John Fitch, is, he's substituted in here for me a couple times as far as like uh, uh, hosting the, the, the podcast when I'm in out of town. Dude, he's, he, obviously everyone talks about it. He's not the most exciting fighter to watch, but guess what? He finds ways to get wins, and then when he doesn't find ways to get, when he doesn't get the win, it still ends up being one of those fights where the fighter starts questioning whether they want to fight again. And we saw it with Rory McDonald, the same thing. Rory was talking after the fight, like he's like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. I don't know if I have the in me anymore to hurt people. But that's the type of that's the, those are the type of fighters that frustrate somebody so much. That they don't, they're not sure if they want to continue fighting because it's so irritating and so frustrating to have someone like Ben Askren just hanging on the leg, just constantly just on your body, just constantly like on your legs, constantly on the bot, under hooks, constantly just pressing you to the fence. And you just want to get away so you can punch them in the face. And there's nothing you can do to do that. Those are the frustrating moments. And you see it, I think, a little bit with the John Fitch and Roy McDonald fight. And, you know, as this fight would have went on with Rob with Robbie Lawler, I'm not saying that Robbie would have won. I'm not saying that uh, that Ben would have won. As the fight would have went longer, it starts favoring the guy who has the conditioning to wrestle as much as he does. And Lawler has been shown to like slow down as the fight goes on, and especially against somebody who wrestles as much as uh, as Ben does. But and I'm a huge Lawler fan, huge Lawler fan. But Lawler spends a lot of energy defending takedowns, tons of energy defending takedowns. And so I think that as the fight would have went on, it would have been harder and harder for Lawler to stop those takedowns. But what people don't get is that Ben Askren's really good on the ground. He's got good jiu-jitsu, not just wrestling, but his jiu-jitsu's pretty damn good as well. So it's just one of those It's one of those fights, I think, when you see Ben Askren versus Masvidal. Ben Askren has an opportunity and a chance to put himself right in that title talk, which I thought that, that the Lawler fight, the Lawler win would have done. I thought that would have done that, but then I think because it was so controversial, I think that the win over Mazadal probably puts him right there in that conversation and that talk. I I think they're gonna try to pull him out again, just speaking from experience and understanding, like you know, the UFC. Um, they don't want him to win. He was the champ in one FC. He was the champ in Bellator. He's pretty much been the champ everywhere he's been, and they don't want him to win though. You know, and that's the take on him is like, we don't want him to win because like you've been the champion of the organizations. We want you to lose and then we can potentially later on build you back up and go from there. So um, who knows? I, I, I'm i going to lean and and I hope Masvidal doesn't take this personally, but I mean, I'm going to lean towards Ben because of the wrestling and the pedigree of, of him. But let me just tell you this, man. I've seen guys try to wrestle Masvidal for a long duration of time. They not get takedowns. And in the meantime, he's just touching you with his combinations. And there's the stories and all the rumors you hear about when he spars with guys like Hector Lombard and those guys, how he's just piecing them up and touching them. Just touch, touch, boom, boom, good combinations with guys that are much bigger than him. So the fact of the matter is that he's, he's going to be composed and relaxed with all of his fighting experience that he's going to be able to potentially touch, you know, Ben a couple times and, you know, and potentially get the knockout. So, no one else has been able to do that. I thought Lawler would, would be able to do it. But, I mean, if you want to take in the scheme of things, Mazadal and Lawler are very similar fighters. You know, and the fact that, like, they're good at, they have good takedown defense and they got, they got some dogs in those hands. They got some power, they got some dogs. The one thing that Mazadal does a little bit better, I think, is he kicks a little bit better. He's got better knees, he's got better kicks. And uh, he's more of a he's more of a, a little bit of a loose cannon, like someone that you just don't know what he's able to do. You don't know his ability because I think he's drastically drastically underestimated. So that's my take on the uh, that's my take on the punks on the uh, punks opinion for Mazadal and Ben Askren. I think if if Ben's able to get a takedown early, um, and Mazadal's not able to get up, it should be a good fight. I mean, if ben, if Mazadal's able to get up, keep getting up. It should be a good fight. But if he's not able to get up off the bottom, it's going to be a long night. You know, good fight. And then who next? And you got uh, Jan Blackowicz versus Rockhold. Rockhold making his uh, 205 um, fight appearance. This will be his uh, first fight at 205. But a win over Blackowicz puts him right in that talk for, like, who's going to potentially be next for a title shot. Um, I mean, he's got, I think, I think he's got to probably, he's going to have to win this fight. He's got to win it kind of handily. Where's he at? 
Blackowitz is uh, number six. Rock yeah, so he's number in, six, uh, yeah. 85. So, Luke, yeah, Luke's still at 85. Not until he fights there will they put him on ranking <clears> and if he wins. Um, But, I mean, here's my thing. Surely that... DC is going to fall out after this, though? After this, like, weekend, DC should fall off the 205 ranker, shouldn't he? Uh, possibly. Where's he at? He's right number now? one in there. Yeah, he's kind of holding up. Not really. They're gonna just bypass him. Santos has bypassed Daniel. Yeah, just but I right just now. mean as far as keeping like look at potential being top five after this fight, but not if DC's still there. Like he could, DC could be could bump him out by one. Yeah, I don't think that'll matter though. They, they would because Gus, I think is Gus is retired now. Oh yeah. So Gus is out. So that would just keep him out too. Um. If he beats Blackowicz, then he puts him right there in number six. For me, listen, this is my take on the whole Rockhold going to 205. He must feel, because he trains with uh, Volkan Ozdemir, he must feel that if he, he must do really well against him for him to make this run at 205. He must think, because he's able to maybe even, either out-grapple or out-wrestle or out-strike Ozdemir, that he must feel that he is able to make that run of the title at 205 that's the only thing i can think of that is the only thing i can think of so if that's the case you know i mean i'd like to see that i mean my honest opinion is if he beats blockowicz his next fight's probably gonna be anthony smith luke's even because though smith's coming off a loss well smith's drama no i think smith's coming off a win isn't he, isn't he? yeah he just won his last fight he beat gustafson oh yeah oh yeah yeah because his loss before that was against John Jones. Yeah, I think that because Anthony Smith and Luke, and they don't like Luke, so I mean, the two of them have had some banter back and forth uh, through social media, and, and Smith's made it very uh, apparent through a couple of press conferences that he doesn't like Luke. So he's looking, I, I think that fight will potentially be next if Luke gets past Blackowicz. So we'll see, man. I mean, we'll see if it makes a difference on... Uh, performance we'll see if it makes a difference on you know on everything else that comes included with going up in weight you know um luke is long luke is fast luke i'm sure luke will carry the weight really well but we'll see we'll see what happens and uh, i'm excited for that fight the other fight i'm really excited for is obviously diego sanchez and kiesa and the reason why i'm excited is because it really i know it's a welterweight bout but the, both these guys fought at 55 for a long time and I'm big fans of both of them. And I think they're both great grapplers. I think they're both good guys. They seem very nice, both of them. And, um, you know, I've had opportunities to sit and chat with them and stuff like that. And uh, both of them, man, are great, great people. So I think also, too, Diego is just one of those guys now as he's gotten older. I've actually enjoyed his fights more as he's gotten older versus when he was younger. I wasn't a big fan. I don't know what it was. I just wasn't a big fan of his style or whatever it was. But... The fact that he's, I just, I don't know what it is. Honestly, in the last probably like four, probably the last three years, four years, since the time he fought Gil, I've become a fan. Like just just that fight in general, I was there, you know, doing the commentary for it on the sidelines, and it was just an amazing fight, just watching both those guys throw down. And, you know, and you know, and it was, it was a, just an absolute insane fight. I did the commentary from the sidelines. They they'd had a camera out there, uh, in the UFC crowd, this thing, the, right? yeah, and they were having me like do the, the comment, <laughs> yeah, they were having me do like the commentary for it, like from there. But it was funny as hell. I was sitting next to Roger, <laughs> I was sitting next to John Wall, and uh, and um, God, who was the pitcher who, from the Yankees? Can't remember his name. Roger Clemens. So I was sitting next to him as well. So I had Roger Clemens and I had John Wall, both of them, one on each side of me, and we were talking about the fight. And I was like, man, this is crazy. It was a nuts fight. Nuts fight. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was a good fight, man. Like just to the left of me there with the gray jacket on is John Wall. So it was funny. We had some good times, man. Um, but what a fight, man. It was it was awesome. Good stuff. I'd like to see them run it back again. Diego and uh but then Gil's down. Yeah, now, Gil's man. down and Diego at seventy. Yep. But I think Kessa, I think we should see a, a really good grappling match between the two of them. You know, and Diego's going to push the pace like Diego does. He's just going to walk forward and try to land big punches and, uh, you know, potentially try to get the take. Yeah, he'll take a bunch on the chin. And uh, just a fucking animal, man. Just an animal. Insane. Great stuff.
Insane. Yeah, it was a great fight. I was in the crowd just going nuts, man. Nuts. Anyways, um, then what's the next fight? That's the main card. That's the main card. Prelims, you got... Oh, Gil's on the prelims. Gil's on the prelims. Yep. Arnold Allen, and then uh, Sean O'Malley, Marlon Vera, and then Claudia Gadelia. She's fighting... And who else? And then Alejandro, he's the transit AKA. Good, good guy, man. Super nice. Man, this is a stacked card. Stack, yeah. stacked card. This is on when? When is this? Saturday? This Saturday, yeah. This is Saturday. July 6th. I wonder if this is going to be Gil's last fight. On with UFC? I think he's gonna, yeah, I think he's going to retire. You think he's going to retire? I think he will. Just I think kidding because he's like. I think he's good now. He's got that, that little thing he does with Dominic Cruz for ESPN. And then, you know, he does commentary for ESPN also on the side. Like, I think he's good, man. I think I think he's going to have – I think this might be the end of his career. Just my personal opinion. You think he's just can't get into the top – you think he's going to have a hard time just in the top 10 and 45 now? Is that what you think? Or you just think, like – Yeah, I just – I mean – 37 years old. He's on a two. 37, three, four, man. Four streak yeah, four loss. fight losing streak. You know, losing to Eddie, losing to Pettis, losing to Barboza. I mean, those are tough fights. And then Jeremy Stevens. I mean, both fights. Both. I mean, like you take you take a lot of punishment. It's like we're not the same. That's the thing. Like, we, like you're just not the same, man. And yeah, it's tough. It's not easy. Not easy. Thirty-seven years old, trying to make a run. You know. The, and here's the thing: when you're fighting with guys in the lightweight division. Like, once your speed starts going, once the, you know, like, all that stuff starts going, it's hard. It's hard to keep up with that those young guys. You can get away with it in the heavyweight division. You can get away with it at 205. I mean, that's just my take on it. Like, they can get away with it for a longer duration, you know? I think guys that are fighting in their 30s and, like, late 30s and 40s in the 205 and heavyweight division, that shit ain't happening in the 145-pound division and the 155-pound division. You know, guys that are 40, they're not fighting in lightweight. It's like, fuck that. Too much work. So, but, uh, I mean, I don't know anything about Arnold Allen, but I'm hoping Gil gets the win, man. Good stuff. And then Sean O'Malley, good, it'd be good to see him back fighting, uh, entertaining as all fuck. And, you know, I think he's back from his, uh, weed suspension or something like that. Uh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I actually think I read, didn't he last week he get like resuspended or something? No, he wouldn't be fighting if he did. I know, but I don't know if they just maybe didn't update the card. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at it. Cause hmm. Interesting. I think he got busted again. Did he? Uh, John Jones shows what? Uh, no, they would have taken him off. If it was a week ago, they would have taken him off. Oh, look, he's been removed to from UFC 239 due to being flagged by USADA. Again? Yeah. He was pulled. Jeez. That sucks. I didn't know that. Yeah, they just haven't updated the fucking website. What's that? They just haven't updated the fucking website. <laughs> Unbelievable. You're so funny. Oh, jeez. Oh, Anyways. All right. We have any questions? Yeah. So the first question is... Where is it? That one right there. First question is from Life After Death, and he asks, do you believe Musasi that Lovato is doping? Uh, sorry, guys. Oh, I can't believe this, man. What a guy. Can't even, can't even just family, family yeah. stuff. My mom's visiting from town, from New York, so there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, yeah. So, what do you say? Do you believe what? Do you believe Musasi that Lovato is doping? Yeah, I don't know. Like, and here's the thing: is um, I'm not someone that tries to tries to say that someone is doping until they've been busted, and so he's always come out clean, and I just gotta stick with that. I don't know, you know. I mean, a win's a win. He got a good win. Happy for him. Uh, doing something, especially on your first try, winning your title the very first time you've ever had a shot on a title, that's impressive. Very wow. impressive. A lot of pressure, a lot of stress that go along with it. Um, I was happy for him. I'm a huge uh, Musasi fan. But, I mean, overall, I was really impressed with the way he performed. Because that fight came down to the fact that he he could have won or lost that fight in the fifth. That that fight came down to two rounds apiece in the, um, in the fifth round. And for a for a champion to go out there and lose the fifth and lose your title knowing that you lost the fifth, that says a lot about Lovato's uh, mindset. Like, he came out there in the fifth knowing he had to win that round, and he did exactly that. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. So, he showed 
he showed a championship heart, and that's all that matters. You know, he's now the champion. Now he's got to defend it. Unless he gets popped. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we will see. <clears throat> What's the next one? Uh, Life After Death again asks, can you explain how the Bellator and CBD deal works? Mm, what do you mean? They're sponsored Did by CBD. That's it. That's it? Yeah, it's oh. it's a pretty uh the CBD MD or whatever is I think the very first official um CBD company that's actually on the stock exchange now, so mm. I, I think what, um, really yeah that's crazy. So I don't really think that. Uh, I think everyone now, if you're if it's on the stock exchange, I think people are like, okay. I mean, there's it's pretty much like weed's pretty much legalized. I mean, not in all states, but I mean it's we live in California. I live in California, and Bellator's out of California and Viacom is out of LA and in New York, but LA, you know, in New York, but, um, I, I don't know, man, it's, they sponsor the, they sponsor the promotion. Let's not, let's not beat around the bush. You guys, CBD helps athletes, um, with their aches and pains. There's no way of there's, I'm not going to, I mean, I'm not going to say it doesn't, it does, you know? And so the fact that, uh, even guys like Roger Goodell had brought up or mentioned that they're going to actually talk about the use of CBD and different types of marijuana for the NFL players to get them away from using um, pharmaceuticals. If that happens, it's going to be a game changer. When the NFL jumps on board, it'll be a game changer. I mean, the fact that Bellator is kind of leading the way in this whole deal is is pretty awesome. I'm actually... Pretty excited for Scott Coker and the and Bellator for for getting ahead of this and jumping on it and letting the athletes, um, or letting this company sponsor them, just showing that that it's that it's I mean like as long as they're not testing for marijuana, as long as they're not you know testing positive, then I don't see any problem with them using CBD as a recovery. So who knows, man? I mean like the, I I just feel like the the health benefits. For CBD for athletes, far out outweighs the sports performance benefits of it all. It just really just heals them, like helps them be able to, you know, to recover. Um, I guess all the things. I guess you could say it has all the like. It just it takes away the aches and pains, man. Your body is able to get rid of the inflammation and the swelling a lot better and faster. And I mean, you're just you feel you feel you feel like you're healed up. I think it's good. It's good that Scott Coker's jumped on board. Viacom jumped on board. Bellator is able to get this deal done. And uh, I'm happy for him, man. I'm really happy for him. So, anything else? Uh, yep. So, Paul Mayer asks, if you could pick anyone light heavyweight anyone in the light heavyweight division to beat John Jones, who would it be? Anyone? Anthony Johnson. You think Anthony Johnson? Yeah, if Anthony Johnson was to fight him at 205 when he was fighting all the time, I think he could have potentially beat him. I think he could have potentially beat him. The speed, the the he was because Anthony's long also speed, and the power that Anthony possesses, just brutal, man. I think he could have beat John Jones. You know, um, stylistically, game plans, things like that. I mean, make a difference, but I think his. I think Anthony's style and the, the fact that he's people don't realize how fast twitch muscle he is and we can see all the knockouts we want, but he possesses something that not everyone possesses. And that's that fucking crushing knockout power and his ability to with, with his speed and his power to get to your chin faster than you can defend is pretty impressive, man. I would have, I would have said Anthony Johnson, but here's the thing. I just, I just correlated the two things between, uh, Tiago Santos and Santos and AJ, both those guys are very similar is in terms of like, they, they just go out there and they fight their fight. And if Santos does that, I think he's got a good chance of putting, uh, putting some fear, or at least, you know, dropping, uh, John Jones. And if that happens, we may see a different John Jones. We may see someone who's not as confident if he gets dropped, if he gets dropped at all, he may not be the same fighter the rest of the fight. He may not be as confident as he was in the beginning portions of the fight. So who knows? Like, we haven't seen that side of any uh, of John Jones yet. We haven't seen anyone, like, push him to the point of, like, where he's been dropped, had to get up, get back up, and then maybe potentially get dropped again. We've never seen anyone do that to him. So 
this this may be the fight where he gets clipped and dropped and we may see it we may end up seeing a different side of of John Jones. If he is if he's someone that can um can fight through adversity like that. I mean, he did it a little bit in the uh Gus fight, but he was kind of wilting in that fight, especially as the fight went on later on. I had Gus win in that fight the first time, not the second one obviously. But the first time I had Gus win in that fight. So in Anyways, the, in the same breath, um, and one of the other questions is: Do you think Engano will go down and fight Jones? No, if, no, no. He's too big, man. There's no way cutting out a two hundred five. He had a cut off fucking leg. Yeah, no. I mean, way. he's not like he's not like big, like heavy, like heavy. No, 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 not big, heavy. He's just big, mm. just size wise. That's what I'm saying. Like he'd have to cut off a leg to do it. Like he's muscle and bone density, size big. He's just a big guy. Like that, those are the guys that have the hardest times making those weight cuts. They don't really have anywhere to lose it, you know. So I think, it, and if he did do it, it would cut us. It would hurt his performance dramatically. He it would be he'd be a completely different fighter if he cut down to two hundred five. We're seeing that with DC. DC at heavyweight is, I think, a whole different animal than he is at two hundred five. Just different. Next one. Um, let's see. Just trying to find something that's a little bit different. Um, does, does Francis or Wilder have more power? Sangano or Wilder? Oh, different styles, man. Different styles. Um, I would probably lean towards Wilder, only based on the fact that Wilder's only profession is to box. Okay, and the the. Being hit by a pro boxer is completely different than being hit by an MMA guy. And I'm not saying that Ghana doesn't have power. We've seen it. We've seen it a lot. But boxers, and I, I speak from experience when I sparred with uh, Robert Guerrero, who wasn't known for being a heavy hitter, but was someone who was a gamer to stand in the pocket and throw. Dude, that guy hit me, and I was like, good God. He hit me clean a couple of times, and I was like, good Lord. that There's a lot of power behind that little guy. And 147 pounds. You know, and um, and that that's crazy to think that like someone that small possesses that much power. And I used to train a, a pro boxer named Ricardo Cortez, and he was like six foot. You know, fought at one fifty four, and man, did he have power! Like I got hit by other guys in the gym that were kickboxers, other guys that were um, MMA guys. None of them hit like him. None of them. You know what I mean? Like, just boxers have a different type of power. I think just from constantly doing bag work, speed work, mitt work, you know, all different shadow, whatever it is, like shadow, whatever it is, all the work that goes into just boxing and developing your punching power. They've been doing it for, you know, as long as we've been doing MMA. So the fact that I, I think that they're, I think Wilder probably has more punching power than Ngannou. Um, so this next one, uh, you've been taking a lot. People have been getting mad in the comments about this, but someone just triggered me right now with it. Uh as I'm taking a lot of heat. Is that what they're saying? Yeah, there's you. You were getting a lot of heat for not. I, I feel like you've talked about it already, but you were getting a lot of heat because everybody's going crazy in the comments saying you need you need to give your thoughts on Khabib versus Poirier. <laughs> I feel like you already have, but we have. They but, love it. Um. Okay, my thoughts are this. Tony Ferguson should have taken the Dustin should have taken the Max Holloway fight and he'd be fighting Khabib right now. That's my thoughts. I think he would have beat Max, um, had the two of them fight. Because not only did I think that then, but I was just thinking the fact that, then I'm not saying Max couldn't beat Tony, but I'm saying though is that he didn't have enough time to put the weight on properly. That was one. Two was that night when he fought Dustin Poirier, he didn't look like the normal same Max Holloway that we always see fighting at 145. So that was different. The other thing is this, is that Dustin Poirier now is fighting Khabib, which everyone knows. But look, my take on this will always be my take on this. Until you find someone who has wrestled as long and as, as much as he has. We had Khabib on our show. If you guys haven't watched this already, go back to the last two times we've had Khabib on. Especially the last one we had. Uh, we had Islam Makachev on and Zubaya on also with him. They talk about it. Those guys have, those guys have over 200 Khabib has over 200 Sambo matches, which is basically MMA with a with a gi top on. You guys have to understand, like, these kids have been training this for their whole life. Like, sure, his wrestling, like, people, I got blown up. 
Khabib's wrestling is not that great. Really, why does he keep fucking out wrestling everyone then, you idiots? Okay, like I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a little like hot and heavy about this right now, but it's it's true. You guys, sure, maybe his wrestling, if you want to say like let's put him against Jordan Burroughs, is not that good. But let's be real. He's not wrestling just straight wrestling wrestlers. He's outworking guys, he's outstriking guys. Because his wrestling is so dominant, people are afraid. Oh, he would, he, you know, he's not going to be able to stand with uh, Connor. Yet he dropped Connor because his wrestling is a threat. So don't don't sit on the other side and say like, oh, his wrestling's not that good. His wrestling is is good enough to get guys to worry and focus on wrestling. And the, and my only take with Dustin Poirier is this: is I've trained with him. He's big for the weight, just kind of like Khabib is. Um, he's got good power. He's southpaw. Definitely dangerous, but he, he just he doesn't have the wrestling pedigree to stop Khabib's takedown. Until you find me that guy, until that guy comes in, I, I, I don't I don't know what to tell you. The only guy I can think, like honestly, and they won't fight because I think they're managed by the same guys, which is Ali, is Usman and Khabib, which they won't fight. And I would say Ben Askren. That's a good one if they both stay undefeated. The the. The deal is, is that I don't think that those guys and Ben's already started trying to get that fight. He was trying to get that fight when he first got signed to the to the UFC. He's like, which one of you guys gonna get it? Because there was a lot of talk that the one sixty five pound division was gonna start. And when that start, if that does start, then we can end up seeing uh, Khabib and Ben Askren potentially fight at one sixty five because Ben can make the weight, and Khabib would love to probably make that weight because you know he cuts so much weight as it is. Um, Dustin Poirier will not be able to stop his takedown. Now, that's not saying that he can't catch Khabib coming in with an uppercut, can't catch Khabib with a knee, can't catch Khabib with, you know, a combination, a two-piece or whatever as he comes in, or try, you know, he's got to punch his way in every round. He's got to punch his way in to get the takedown. And so I'm not saying that. And the other thing is Khabib's got pretty good, pretty decent power on the feet. He's got nasty ground and pound. We saw it against Connor. We've seen it against Barboza. People underestimate his ability. We saw it against uh, Michael Johnson. He's He's got nasty ground and pound. We've seen it. He'll continue to do that. If it's not broke, don't fix it. He's going to keep dominating, doing what he's going to do. The problem he's going to have with, the person he's going to have a hard time with is with Tony. The reason why he's going to have a hard time with Tony is because of the elbows and the cuts. Until you realize how sharp Tony Ferguson's elbows are, like I do, Okay, you will understand the same thing that Kenny Florian had. Kenny was able to cut so many guys with elbows. Tony Ferguson has that same type of mentality. He's like, I'm going to hit you, elbow you, do all those things. In the areas that Khabib likes to rest and take a breath, okay, Tony will be able to elbow him there. The fight with Dustin Poirier and him, I think Khabib's going to be able to out-wrestle him, outwork him, especially as the fight goes on in the, in the third and the fourth and the fifth round. Um... And here's the thing. I'm a huge fan of Dustin Poirier. I love the I actually love watching the kid fight. I've trained with him. He's probably one of the nicest guys I think I've ever met in the whole sport. I'm you guys have heard me say this a couple times, but I just so happened to meet him with one of the other guys who I think is the probably one of the nicest guys in the sport also with Frankie Yeager. We were all training together in New Jersey, and to me, those are the memories that I remember of him and he Every interview I've ever seen, every time I've ever crossed paths with him after that, he's always been a great guy. I just don't think you can teach a grown man how to wrestle at the level that Khabib is wrestling at right now in the fight game and the way he mixes it up from punching to striking. People fear that takedown because they don't want to get stuck on the bottom of him. And I don't think it's going to be any different for Dustin Poirier. And it's it's it sucks because I really like the guy, but... At the end of the day, I'm just strictly talking fight relationship as far as the fight game. Sure, he can catch Khabib coming in. Sure, he can catch Khabib if he's sleeping on the feet and not really like, you know, like not really like not focusing on what he, if he starts thinking that he's just going to get away with something because he's Khabib, then I can see Dustin catching him, you know, hitting him with a two piece or a three piece and maybe sitting him to his butt. But I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. And I think that. Khabib's wrestling is going to be too much, and the pace and the ability of being on top and his ground and pound is going to be too much for Dustin. And it sucks, you know, because I, like I said, I like I like Dustin Poirier. Um, next, what's next? 
there's a lot of questions around the heavyweight. Um, so because the heavyweights just fought the other night. I know. Um, do you think Ngannou is going to be able to take on either DC or Stipe? No, um, I don't think so. I don't think Stipe. I don't. I think DC's done. I think DC's going to retire after this fight. I think he's going to leave his gloves in the, in the, in the cage. I think win or lose. Yeah. Yep. He's forty years old, man. Josh like King I said, I said, I said he'll be forty-one. I think before uh, coming, or he is forty-one now. No, I think he's forty. Um, the honest, my honest opinion is that he's going to be done. I think he's going to be done. I think he's ready to hang it up. I think he's got a ton of other things he's going on. He owns a couple barber shops. He owns a couple pokey shops. He owns a couple. Um, I think he wants to open his own gym. Oh, he just started. He just uh, just started the detail, detail thing. The ESPN detail, cool. yeah. So he just started doing that. I mean, he's got his own. He's got so much going on. I honestly don't believe. I don't know how in the hell he does so much. You know, um, he also he you know he's the head coach of the Gilroy wrestling, high school wrestling team. I mean, he's got a lot of guys that come in and help him. Deron Win, Kyle Kretschmer, those guys kind of help with the team as well a lot. They help with the team, but um, but they're all there, man. They're all there. Um, could one SC cross promote? With Bellator? No. How come? Because they have a relationship with Ryzen. And we just, we, Scott Coker just put out the press thing, I think today or last week or today or the other day, about how um, we're sending Patricky over there to, to compete in the Ryzen lightweight tournament. The fact that they are, uh, 1FC is an Asian promotion and they went to Japan, that's kind of like stepping on Ryzen's toes. And I think the relationship between Saki Gabara and, and um, Scott Coker is too good. And... I don't think that there's going to be a relationship with One FC and Bellator. Oh, so it's One FC and Ryzen uh, promoters. Well, they're like, both Asian. They're both they're both like well, one's Ryzen's the Japanese promotion, right. and then um, One FC is out of Singapore, but they do a lot of shows in like uh, in China. So, but they're spreading out though too. They're going to be coming to the U.S. They're coming. They're doing a bunch of shows. The bottom line is though is that they did a show in Japan. And that right there, I don't think he's going to, that didn't sit well with uh, Saki Bar and Ryzen. They want to try to make sure they lock that market down. They're not going to let uh, 1FC come in there. Uh, and so they're going to just, they're going to, they're joining now with uh, Bellator a little bit to do some more cross promotion stuff. So Patricky will be fighting in the lightweight Ryzen, lightweight tournament for Ryzen. And that's coming up, I believe, in like October, which is pretty dope. Um, this other question asks, how do you see Diaz and Pettis play out? I think Pettis kicks his legs. Um, I think Pettis kicks his legs and is able to land some shots. I think if, as the fight goes on though, I think, uh, Nate has a better chance of winning, but it's only a three round fight. I believe. Is it three or five? Um, it's only it's, three. It's three it's on pay-per-view. Yeah. So if it's a three-round fight, I, I, I think Pettis has a good chance of winning. In a five-round fight, I'd probably lean a little bit more towards uh, Nate, given because Nate is someone who punches and bunches, pushes the pace on you, pressures you, does all those things. I think he has a good chance of you know touching, uh, touching him a lot. I just think that Nate's going to fight a little bit more cautious um, against Pettis because of the leg kicks. And the head kicks, but I've said it a couple times. His trainer and my and my kickboxing coach, they all kind of came up together and trained together and did all those things. You know, like they they kind of worked together a lot back in the day. Um, and so I think that they're gonna kind of take their game plan from me, um, from from what I did with him, and they're gonna try to utilize some of that as well. Not only just that, but then I also was in, uh, when I was in London this last fight for Bellator, I, st I spoke with uh, John Cavanaugh, and there's a lot of talk that maybe that Nate is potentially going to fight Connor. And so if that was the case, and that fight does come to fruition, because that's the fight that they would, I think that they're looking for, um, that fight happens, then it sounds like then they'll be kind of following some of the format that I used to beat him as well, from what I, from what I understand. So it looks it looks good, man. We'll see. I, I think I think that Nate has the potential to beat him, but I think because Pettis has been a lot more active and fighting tough, tough guys, I think that Pettis probably gets the win. Yeah. 
Pettis was good, man. He looked good against Tony. Ugh. But Tony's the guy. Look at that. He rolls to his back. Most guys wouldn't have the wherewithal to like shoot the leg lock like he did there. Like that put him that that put Pettis in defense mode instead of offense mode when he shot that le that leg lock position. Smart man, smart by Pettis or by uh, Tony Ferguson. Good fight, man. Fuck, what an amazing fight. Sucks that it ended the way it did. Would love to see the third round. Yeah. Oh, next question. Uh, will you? Uh, let's see. Do you remember Nate saying anything specific during your fight? You know how he does, like he's taunting. Yeah, yeah. He said, he said, he's like, "What, what, bitch? What? Where you at?" That's what he said. He's like, "Why are you running? Why are you running?" That's what he said. <laughs> he's like, "What?" He said it like I threw one kick and he was already talking shit. Or no, I didn't even throw a kick yet. I was just circling around from the very beginning of the fight when it first started. He's like, "What, bitch?" Like that. Like put his arms up and I was just laughing. I'm like, because I brought guys in that uh, some Hawaiian guys that actually kind of mimicked what he does, and they came in on my on my fourth. They came in on my third and fourth round. Like at the end of my at the end of my sparring, they came in when I was tired, and they were fresh. And I said, and that was their their game plan was for them to come in and talk shit to me and try to co <laughs> try to coax me into like making it a brawl, because I knew I could beat them up in train. I knew I could beat them up in training, right? But I was already tired. And so the, what I didn't want to do is get coaxed into like, you know, fuck you, why are you disrespecting me? Like that kind of thing. So that kind of mentality. So we brought guys in that did that. Did, did you uh, did you deliberately stay on the feet with Nate? Yeah. Hmm. Just because his jiu-jitsu is better than your wrestling? No. Hmm. You're so funny. His <laughs> his, his, we've competed against each other in jiu-jitsu and he won by an advantage. Uh -huh. So a referee's decision. So I wouldn't say his jiu-jitsu is that much better than mine. I just, uh, and my wrestling's way better than his. No, we just, uh, no, we just, the game plan was just to kind of stay on the outside, make him overcommit, tear the legs up. And when he overcommitted, then he tried to land the strikes. And then if we did take him down, uh, take him down like to these positions here, get the takedown and do your work. And when he starts trying to get the legs up high, back out. That's what our game plan was. When he starts trying to get the guillotine or get the legs up high, always making sure that my head was above his above his head or my head was underneath his chin so he couldn't get to the guillotine. Um, he's got a, he's got a good guillotine. He slaps it on quick and it, it gets in deep and it's yeah, it's real quick. Yeah, all that. I mean, he's he's talented. He's good. Um, you know the long range, but yeah, the his long range striking is. I I was expecting him to be a little bit faster when we fought. That's all. He's good though. He's super talented. Like fucking, I hit him with some clean shots on the feet with my hands. Didn't even phase him. Just walked right through him. I was like, fuck. I mean, even when I kicked him in the head, it like he, he didn't go down. He like wobbled his legs, and like I could tell he was out of it. But I had to hit him. I had to hit him again just to drop him. So, is this show Silva? Is this your first fight after the Gilbert trilogy? Yeah. What, yeah. what what what's that feeling like right here? See this man, this this just blows my mind when I see fighters like this. Like when, just like the feeling of like the referee stepping in like that, and then like you know, you're just relieved it's over. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, you're just relieved it's over. Cause the last thing you want to do is go to a judge's decision, and it sucks. Cause as you get to the higher rankings, is the higher ranked you are, the more you go to judges' decisions, and it can happen to anything. You know, mm -hmm. it can happen to anyone, and that's the thing. So it's like you don't know what the judges are going to come back with, especially now with like this. This was different during that that time. It was still predominantly ten nine rounds, but but judges now are like they're issuing, they're issuing ten eight rounds all the time now, you know. Um, somebody asked, do you think Colby gets a title shot in twenty nineteen? Um, I don't know if he gets past Lawler. I I just and, and here here's another thing. I got torched. I got torched um, by people saying that Colby's going to out-wrestle Lawler, take him down, fuck him up, do all this other shit, right? Maybe he is. But I want you guys to remember, Colby hasn't fought in, like, what, a year and a half? He has fought since over a year. Okay, so it's been over a year. It'll be another however long until they actually fight. It's going to be about a year and a half until he's fought. That's a long time off. Lawler's, Lawler, honestly... When he fought Ben, looked phenomenal. He looked, he looked fast, explosive, strong. He looked all the things that I thought he was gonna look. 
coming back after having a long layoff and letting his body heal. Those are the things. Those are the things that people are underestimating. He's he's been training and getting his body ready back up to like normal to what he used to be. So now I don't. I just don't know, man. I mean, I think if Kobe gets a win over Lawler, I think they're gonna make him fight somebody else before he gets a shot. Just my opinion. Like if if Ben and George fight, and George or if Ben beats George, I think they make Ben fight Kobe. The reason being is because they want to keep Ben away from the title as long as possible. So then that makes you an automatic number one contender spot. Ben fighting George doesn't do anything for him except boast him up one more, one more, one more uh, ranking system. You have Dos Anjos and you've got Kobe that are up there. Tyrell Woodley's still there. So my honest opinion is that I don't think they're going to give Ben a title shot anytime soon. If Kobe gets past Lawler, then I think maybe they give Ben and Kobe a title shot, or not a title shot, but a fight against each other. Maybe you have Dos Anjos fight Woodley or you have, you know, Masvidal fight Woodley. Maybe Darren Till fight some someone in the mix there. Woodley's Who knows? fighting Robbie though, isn't he? The rematch. Who? Woodley. No. Is that not a fight? Colby's fighting Woodley or Lawler. Oh, that's right. That's right. I don't know. Woodley. Woodley's fighting somebody else. Yeah, or Woodley's. I don't know if Woodley's fighting right now. I don't think he's booked. I think I think I don't know where I read that. Uh, let's see if he's booked right now. Nah, he's not booked. Yeah. <clears throat> no. Um. We'll do this the last one and then yeah, call it call it off. Call it. Uh, does Islam make it in the top five? Yes. When? Uh, That's the question. When? Yeah. Who does he have a fight coming up? I thought they were saying he was supposed to be fighting in the uh, the yeah. July card. There you go. He's fighting two forty two September seventh against Davy Ramos. Uh, who is he? Davy Ramos is not ten. He's two. ten and two. Look him up. Brazilian, thirty two year old Brazilian. Five eight. He's not even in the top fifty, no. Yeah, I don't know why they're slow. They're slow rowing him right now. They really are, man. Yeah, like, right. like his last fight, I didn't know this, but his last guy he fought was really tough. Um, Islam's Islam's guy, the last guy he fought was really tough. This guy here. That was Islam's guy. Oh no, wait, sorry. No, that wasn't him. Uh, Armin Sarukin. Yeah. That guy was tough, man. They were they were getting after each other, but then I talked to Islam right after that, and he's like, "I was sick." He's like, "Ah, he's like, I was really sick that day." He's like, "So it wasn't the best performance." I'm like, "But I said I thought you'd look good." Just my personal opinion. I thought you looked good. Um. Anyways, uh, yeah, I I I think he does get in the top five probably in the next, but they're gonna have to start giving higher ranked guys. I don't know why he keeps taking. He should be asking for higher ranked guys. I don't know if that's what's going on. Why they're doing that? Like at least get him up in that mix, because Khabib I think is going to end up going to an upper weight class after if if he after he beats he's going to fight Dustin. I think he beats Dustin. I think he fights Tony. I think he beats Tony, but it's going to be a tough fight. You know there'll be some cuts, there'll be some uh, bumps and bruises, uh, a couple submission threats. I think there'll be, but I think I think he beats I think he beats Tony. But then after that, I think he's really just looking for the for the GSP fight, or he's looking for you know, the money fights. And the money fights will really be like someone like Ben Askren. If Ben Askren becomes the champion, that'd be the fight. And I can't think of anybody else. I, he really just wants the GSP and probably like maybe one more title. And here's the thing. If he if he retires, if he retires um, undefeated, is he the greatest UFC fighter ever? Because to me, it's a lot harder to do what he's doing. At the lightweight division, than it is for John Jones to do it at two hundred five. John Jones has a loss. Yeah, but it's 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 kind of like a no contest loss. Like it's, it's a DQ. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but like you you don't you weren't even watching the sport during that time. <laughs> so, like it's for me to try to hear, sit here and explain it to you, like on how it all happened. Like everyone's probably gonna get mad, just like who the fuck is your producer? They're gonna be like this idiot. Anyways, um, yeah, just. For me, I feel like it's a lot harder to, to maintain being 25, 26, 27 and 0 at lightweight than it is for someone to maintain it at, say, uh, light heavyweight. So, and and I think what makes the difference is if people are going to say, well, John Jones is obviously the best fighter ever. We're saying that because he's, he his his wins are, f- like his fighting style is more flashy. 
But in this, if you actually stay like who the guys that he, who are the guys that he's fought, I would say that Khabib, if he beats Tony, if he beats uh, Dustin, and you know, and like he ends up going on to beat like uh, GSP or whatever, like you can't say he's not the greatest. You can't say he's not the greatest fighter of all time in that's ever fought in the UFC. You know, um, but we'll see. We'll see. I don't think I don't think GSP is going to come back to fight him. I don't think the UFC wants to put that fight on. Um, but we'll see. I mean, money money does speak volumes to the UFC. It's everybody. Do you think he does? Do you think he like tries to round it at 30, 30 and all, or do you think he doesn't really care with him? I don't think he cares. I think I think he's looking for like like I said. Thanks. I've had we've had numerous conversations with him. If you guys go back and listen to our last show with him, he talked about fighting GSP. You know that fight really he wants that fight to really happen. So, I don't know if that'll happen, but we'll see. That would be a reason to start the 165-pound division. If you have someone like Khabib, you know, mm-hmm. to fight GSP, be like, hey, let's start the 165-pound division. Because then the, there's that fight you have. you have, Then you have Masvidal, Dos Anjos. All those guys, I mean, even though he's already beat those signs, but you can have him fight Masvidal to it at 165. You can have him fight Ben Askren at 165. My personal opinion is I think Robbie Lawler could probably even make 165. Um, I would love to see the Lawler and Khabib fight. That would be a great fight. Um, I'm a huge Lawler fan, but if you guys haven't noticed that yet. Um, you know, and it starts mixing. Things start getting mixed up, man. Like, you start getting to see, like, I... You know these some of these other guys. I'd love to see if Stephen Thompson could make one 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 sixty five, and to see the fighting style of Stephen Thompson versus uh, Khabib would be definitely interesting. So I don't think he'd ever fight uh, Usman because they're both managed by Ali, and uh, I think there's like a tie in relationship there. So what else? Is there any good ones in there? Um, scroll through and see if there's any good ones because there's a lot of them. Scroll through if there's any good ones that we should maybe. There's nothing. There's nothing like. Um, uh, nah, there's nothing. Nothing outstanding. Uh, only one really is. Uh, should UFC take away the women's one forty five uh, division of cyborg? Yes. Yeah. Yep, they should. Yeah. Yep, it's pointless. Yep, and I think she's gonna. I think she's gonna leave anyways and sign with Bellator. Just my. I'm not saying I have any inside track on that. I just think because we have Julia Budd and they're, they're trying to like build that 145 pound division for the women. I think that I think Cyborg's gonna come over and she'll be there. Yeah, it's so weird that they just don't seem to care in the division that they've got a champion for. Yeah, they just wanted a champ champ on yeah. the female side so they. Can well, there's just not a lot of girls at that weight, man. Like, but I mean, like you have to seek them out, and I don't think the UFC really wants to do that. So um, Victor though they've got a really good, they've got a really good uh, program for it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're talking to you. I'm talking to you about fighting. You're pulling up Invicta. <laughs> I actually pulled up the wrong thing, but yes, you did. I just saw that. <laughs> That's why I'm making fun of you. <laughs> you pull up in vitro. That's <laughs> why you pulled up. Uh, no, it was like Invita. I know Invita. Invita loca. Um. Good stuff, man. This guy says thanks for doing the show live. Yeah, yeah. We're working on it. We're trying to... Dave's finally uh, figuring things out. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to keep trying to do this as much as we can. And I hope you guys keep tuning in. Please hit the subscribe button. And uh, please share. Share all of our stuff as much as you possibly can. Go back and look through some of our old videos. You guys will understand what I'm talking about. When I talk to Khabib about stuff, he mentions things that he wants to do and things that are like on his his list and goals. Same thing with Islam. Same thing with Zuba. Same thing with all these guys. A lot of these guys that we've had on our shows from before, they talk about what they're aspiring to do, who they would like to fight. You guys should go back through and listen to those things. All right, so hit the subscribe button on YouTube and also hit the the, the thumbs up. That will also let everyone know you liked our video and that it will share it to other people that have other things in common. There's that. And um, Spotify, YouTube, uh, SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, all those, please. Hit the subscribe button on there. You get notifications if you can. Go ahead and do that as well. And then uh, I just I really appreciate it, you guys. Keep sharing. Keep getting the word out. And uh, we'll chat some more. Yep. And then uh, this week as well, July 4th, have a happy Independence Day from when us Brits gave you your freedom. No, oh, jeez. Um, 20% off all the T-shirts on the website this week. So take advantage. Oh, yeah. And what's the uh, website? 
ProWrestlingTees.com slash Josh Thompson official. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Josh Thompson official. Slash Josh Thompson official. There's no P in my last name. Josh Thompson official. No P. T-H-O-M-S-O-N official. Colby has some really nice MAGA shirts on there as well. <laughs> He's so funny. <laughs> He's so funny. Uh, all right. Wait, wait, wait. Let's do this one last thing. One last thing. All right. I want to know. Do you think Kawhi Leonard, do, if any of you guys follow basketball, do you think Kawhi Leonard signs with the Lakers or the Clippers tomorrow? Uh, you don't care. You'll need to give them a few seconds. Yeah, I have to give you guys. I need you guys to answer me this. Answer me this. Does Kawhi Leonard sign with the Lakers or Clippers tomorrow? Do you think, or does does he go back to Toronto? I think he goes back to Toronto. Clips. I think he stays in, you think he goes to Clips? Huh? Andrew Avril says Clips. Yeah, I think uh, I think he goes to I think he stays in Toronto. Stays there. Cody Ross says Toronto. Joe Toronto. Miller says Lakers. Lakers. Yep. <laughs> I think Toronto. I think he stays there. He did it without everybody else. I think he he's gonna be harder for him to do it again, but I think he does it. With the Warriors being with the Warriors being tied up, Nets, they're not gonna have uh K D until the following year probably. Uh Warriors will be pretty much maybe make the playoffs, maybe not. You know, but Clay Thompson doesn't come back until probably the playoffs, if not maybe the following year. So now you have that. What else do you have? I mean, you really have the Lakers will make the playoffs because they got AD and they got Braun now, and we'll see who else they put in there. Maybe Kawhi, but I just don't think Kawhi wants to play second fiddle to LeBron, not, not knowing that he's already won the title without LeBron or anybody else. I think he thinks he can do it again. They may, they may need to get some more supporting cast for him, knowing that the West has kind of moved around like it did this week, but. They get one more good guy in there for them up in Toronto. I think. I think uh, most people say Toronto. I think Toronto. I think he stays. He did it without anybody, and all the buzz around NBA and all the buzz that I've talked to with people that work for ESPN is that um, just all the people, players that have all played with LeBron, they're that he's like the coach, and so like you're like, hey, you're my teammate. You're not not. I'm not trying to listen to you be my coach. And that's, I think, a problem. Like, if you think about it, Kyrie Irving could have went back and played with LeBron this time, but instead he went to the Nets, and now he's out there with KD. That's kind of like, because KD never wanted to play with LeBron. He could have played with LeBron. He never wanted to play with him. And so that that's kind of... Cody Ross you know, Drake will keep him in Toronto. Who? Oh, Drake. <laughs> Drake. That's so funny. All right, guys. Hey, we're going to wrap this up. Thanks, guys, for listening. Please uh, please share our product and uh, let me know what you guys think. All right.